Well, hello there, everybody. Uh, this is Tom Santilli. You're listening to the Film Survivor Podcast. And uh, we just got through another episode of Survivor Ghost Island. This was the episode that just aired on uh, May 9th. And uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. Uh, here's a spoiler alert, though, as I always give. Uh, those who listen to this podcast know that every week I give the little spoiler update uh, turn this off right now if you are not up to speed on just what happened on Ghost Island. Uh, pause this podcast, come back to it at a later time if you need to, because we are going to spoil some stuff starting now. So what's different? Well, a couple things. The first thing is uh, I'm recording this podcast this week uh, raw. I just watched the episode. Typically, I'll write my review, uh, my recap first on realityt.com and kind of will go through all of my thoughts. And then by the time I do the podcast, I kind of have all my thoughts collected and I'll kind of just, you know, burst through them all and share them with everybody. Uh, this week I haven't really formed all those opinions, so I might just kind of talk it out here on the podcast. Uh, the other difference this week, uh, two things. I'm, I have a, a special thing coming up for you, which is kind of non-survivor related, so hopefully you will all like it and appreciate it. But the first thing I'd like to say is that, unfortunately, again, this happened a couple weeks back with Libby when she was voted off. But Chelsea Townsend, uh, the latest person out of the game and uh, the latest member of the Ghost Island jury, uh, she is not available for her press day. I was notified by CBS that she has a flight during our normal time. I don't know if that means that she's not doing any press or if I was just one of the lucky few that did not get to talk to her, and I'm being sarcastic when I say that, because uh, I, of course, would love to talk to Chelsea. But I do not have an audio interview with you uh, with Chelsea. What I do have is a uh, I was able to send her five questions uh, that I came up with, and she's going to be getting back to me sometime on Thursday. So what I'm going to do with that is I'm going to just post that all five questions and her responses in their entirety I'm going to post that as an article on realityt.com. So if you follow me there uh, or follow me on Twitter, at Tom Santilli, you should be able to uh, pick up my interview with Chelsea coming up. But there will not be an exit interview on this podcast this week. Instead of that, uh, I do have an interview, though, that I will be bringing you that is not Survivor-related at all. Uh, and it is with two gentlemen, two New Zealand comedians, in fact, uh, really funny guys, uh, Tim Bott and Guy Montgomery. They are the uh, they're podcasters, and they put out a very successful and hilarious podcast called The Worst Idea of All Time Podcast. And uh, you can look that up, too, online if you want. But I had a video, kind of like a Skype interview with them, and uh, I'm going to try to share that with you here on the podcast today. Uh, that also brings me to my next point. I also, you know, if you, if, you, if you are one of those people that follow this podcast, again, I appreciate it. Uh, I love that you do that. I love the interaction. I get a lot of feedback from people, and I love talking about Survivor and movies uh, because, again, I'm a movie critic in the Detroit area, and I produce a TV show. So through that venue, I was able to get this interview uh, with the worst podcast of all time, people, because... The worst idea that they have involves movies. And uh, what they do is, uh, to put it in a nutshell, they watch the same movie. Uh, they watched the same movie every single week for 52 weeks. Yes, an entire year, 
every week on the podcast, they would kind of watch it again and go through some more things that they would pull out. And the movies that they pick are terrible. The first season was uh, Grown Ups 2. (laughs) The second season was Sex in the City 2. And the third season was some Zac Efron movie that I don't even know the name of offhand, to be honest. So, yes, that's why it's called the Worst Idea of All Time podcast. I always thought that I had the Worst Idea of All Time podcast, which was to to try to combine Survivor and movies into the same thing. But I know you're out there. I know people are out there that follow this that like both. Uh, However, apparently mine is not the worst idea of all time. It's probably the second worst. But either way, stick around for that interview. It uh, it's pretty funny, and you kind of get to hear from them again. Tim Bot and Guy Montgomery. That's coming up uh, here shortly. That being said, let's shift gears back into Survivor and do a quick recap here. So we had the Loved Ones episode. I, uh, I always like the Loved Ones episode. It you know, tears me up a little bit, I, I have to admit. Uh, but what really got me this week, and we'll, trust me, we'll get to Aunt Patty in a minute. You know, we're gonna, we could do a whole podcast on Aunt Patty. I loved Aunt Patty. I love me some Aunt Patty. But we're going to talk first about uh, Propes. Was Propes crying? Was it just me? When Angela, when daughter, when uh, Angela's daughter Paige came out, they did not cut to Propes. But was he crying? Because it surely sounded like it was. And that was a. I don't know if I've ever seen. I'm sure it's happened, but I don't remember offhand uh, Propes really ever breaking down at, at a loved one's challenge. He seems like to be a tough guy. The only thing I've ever seen happen to him on the show is getting knocked over by a wave, maybe. Uh, but other than that. The guy is a rock, but uh, he when he started getting like all emotional, I got emotional. Everybody's crying. I'm not. I'm not afraid to say it. You know, it was it was an emotional episode. There, the, the tears were flowing. I probably have cried harder at other ones, but uh, I, I always love this episode. And you can tell what it does. To the, it, it always has the exact same effect. It gets some people upset for not being a part of the reward, like Kellen was. It gets some people jealous of where people stand in the game. But it also focuses everybody. Like, wow, this is I'm close to the end. I have a life outside of Survivor. I, I can turn off my tunnel vision and I can just kind of get into uh, you know, the the final home stretch here. So uh that all being said, again, I, I thought that this episode was really good. I'm I'm liking the season. I, I know I'm unpopular in saying that. I, I think there's been a lot of people that have kind of been down on the season. And uh, part of the reason is kind of like with Chelsea getting voted off this week, uh, you know, we don't know anything about her. Uh, Survivor Wiki, if you guys follow Survivor Wiki, there's like a Wikipedia for Survivor. It's really cool. If you don't already, I I suggest you go there. But according to uh, Survivor Wiki, Chelsea not only got a bad edit and wasn't on the show much, but she's actually tied for the lowest average amount of confessionals per episode in the history of survivor she averages 0.33 this is again according to survivor wiki uh she averages not so that's not even that's kind of like one confessional every three episodes is her average that ties her with the with the lowest ever i would have guessed purple kelly from uh nicaragua because everybody kind of referred to bad edits after that point as purple edits you know, so if you got a purple edit, you know, I was referring to Purple Kelly. Uh, but no, in fact, 
Uh, Hope Driscoll from Survivor Caramoan uh, is the other person that we never saw. And if you don't know who Hope Driscoll is, that's because she was barely on the show too. But poor Chelsea Townsend, we never got to really know about her. But again, you know, you can look for that on realitytea.com in the next day or two. Um, my questions for her. The big story tonight, though, other than Aunt Patty, and I, like I said, we'll get to Aunt Patty. We'll get to Aunt Patty. Don't worry. Uh, really was the situation with Laurel and Donathan. Uh, this has really been the crux of the season right now is them in the middle of everything. Uh, I called this out a few weeks ago again on Reality T that Laurel is really in the position here to, to win the game. And in order to do so, though, she has to break up Wendell and Dom as part of it. That was always part of what I thought her, her strategy had to be. Uh, and what's happening right now is it's clear that she's loyal. And why is she loyal? Well, you just saw at the beginning of this episode, uh, they had her back. You know, Dom and Wendell just stuck up for uh, Laurel. They could have gotten her out. Kellen put two votes on Laurel at the last tribal. And they could have easily went in that direction and tried to get Laurel out. But why would they do that? They're very, very loyal. As much as they're cutthroat in the game, I really think Dom and Wendell have intentions to go to the end with Laurel. I'd be, I'd be shocked if they didn't. But... Donathan is the one that's interesting. He's so loyal to Laurel, though, that he was really unable to really do anything on his own this week. But it seemed to me like he was very willing to turn on Wendell this week. Uh, he thought about it. For a minute there, I thought he was throwing out some stuff at Tribal that would possibly make Wendell use his idol. That would have been a win-win for everybody who's a Laurel and Donathan fan. It, it, you know, it had Chelsea gone home. They would have still been in their alliance with Dom and Wendell, but had they gotten Wendell to somehow play his idol there and, and just make the power couple that much weaker, that would have been a big move. Uh, and then Donathan could have played it off like, hey, man, I was just trying to talk and throw people off at Tribal. You know what, Wendell, what are you doing playing your idol? You know, but clearly Wendell felt comfortable enough to not do it, and now they're even in that much more of a position of power. We move into next week now where we have seven and if you consider that Dom and Wendell and Donathan and Laurel are a solid four, you now on the other side of things have Angela, who, let's face it, has no chance of winning this game. You have, uh, who else do we got over there? We have, uh, again, it's late, and I just, I'm staying up all night to do this podcast for you guys. <laughs> so we have Kellen, you know, who's a formidable opponent, but she's got to be on, on their list, you know, as the next person to go and then you have Sebastian Sebastian's interesting because you he, he I again don't really think he has much of a chance to win the game uh, and there's people you know the rumors are you know it's not a rumor that he's with Jenna him and Jenna in real life are dating uh, if you don't know about that you should join Twitter or Instagram because it's all over there and uh, a lot of people are speculating that not only did they have time in the game together, but that they really bonded possibly at Ponderosa, which would suggest that Sebastian doesn't make it all the way to the end. But even so, he's not really in a good position either because he's, not, he's the bottom rung of his alliance. Even though he thinks he's tight with Dom and Wendell, I think Dom and Wendell are planning to cut him loose uh, probably at 5 uh, when they get down to the nitty-gritty. So right now, they're going to be focusing on getting out Kellen 
And, you know, again, Angela is just one of those players that could end up maybe sneaking all the way through but is not going to win in the end of the game. So what does Kellen do now? Her only option right now is to get Donathan to, to flip. Uh, you know, does Donathan flip on Laurel and them? You know, maybe Donathan goes his own way at some point. But with two idols still in play, you have Donathan – I'm sorry, you have Dom and Wendell both with idols still. There's only seven people left in this game. We're down to one episode, people, until the finale. Uh, next week's episode is the final regular episode of Ghost Island, uh, airing on the 16th, with uh, the two-hour finale coming on the 23rd. So we're—I mean—we're down to it here, and I think that they might have wasted a golden opportunity to get Wendell out of the game, break up that power couple. They would have flushed an idol uh, with Wendell going. It would have made that Malcolm curse really cool because it would have came to fruition again in the same exact manner. Uh, but that didn't happen, and they sent home Chelsea, who is a physical threat, I guess, but in other ways she was not much of a threat at all. So even though they did all of this, I'm very, very surprised that they didn't try to take out Kellen, who is the only person on that side that I think has maybe an argument uh, for how she could win the game. Aunt Patty. How about Aunt Patty? <laughs> From the minute she ran out there, is just the kind of person that uh, I got all excited about. I'm sorry. I just Aunt Patty was awesome. Donathan reacted to her. There's a, some really cool backstory with Aunt Patty that Donathan has shared on his Twitter. If you guys follow uh, on Twitter, you should follow Donathan. Uh, but he reveals kind of his relationship with Aunt Patty. This was actually only the fourth time on Survivor, the Loved Ones Challenge. It was only the fourth time he had ever seen her or met her. This is an aunt from his father's side. He didn't know his father. Uh, and Aunt Patty uh, looked him up on Facebook. It's a whole long story. I'll let Donathan tell it to you through his words on Twitter. But it's just a fabulous backstory. But I also, I just loved like her energy out there. Uh, <laughs> and I love that they gave her a little moment, you know, where Donna, uh, Dom, uh, you know, makes a vow and Aunt Patty is like holding him to it. So don't even start an Aunt Patty curse, dude. If it were me, though, I'd write Aunt Patty's name down at the end of the game. I don't know what kind of violations people would get for uh, throwing out their, their winning vote, but I'd be cool with Aunt Patty winning Survivor Ghost Island. That's all I'm trying to say. I'd be totally fine with her winning uh, and Let's start it now. Hashtag Aunt Patty, Soul Survivor. Uh, well, what did you guys think, Aunt Patty? Let me know. How many times can I say Aunt Patty on this podcast? Uh, count them up and send it to me, and maybe you'll win a prize. Maybe not. Either way, uh, that's it. I'm rambling at this point. I have uh, nothing more to tell you except for uh, I'd like you to stick around if you have the time. Because what's coming up is going to be a very, uh, it's a very funny interview again that I had with two guys, New Zealand comedians, Tim Bott and Guy Montgomery. They do the Worst Idea of All Time podcast, and I had a chance to talk to them. At the end of the podcast, they even break some, uh, some news of their own uh, on the podcast. So please stick around. It's a video thing too. So even though you might be listening to the audio of this, I'm going to try to pull off the video. If you don't see video, that means it didn't work, and I just ended up putting the audio up there for you. But check it out. Hope you like it. We will be back next week with hopefully a regular uh, Survivor-related 
podcast uh, next Thursday with the next person voted off. We have seven people left. Again, we're down to just one episode and then the two-hour finale coming up on May 23rd. I'm going to have interviews with all of those people the following day on the 24th. So stick around. Uh, it's going to be an exciting finish to what I think is turning out to be an exciting season. Uh, and that'll do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Films Forever podcast. Please follow me at Tom Santilli. Check out my show. I have a movie show that is airing on WADL in Detroit. It's also online. It's called Movie Show Plus. You can find it at movieshowplus.com. Give it a follow on Twitter as well. It's movieshow underscore plus. Some punk took our Movie Show Plus Twitter account. But anyway, movieshow underscore plus on Twitter. Also look at me at Critically Speaking is another movie show I'm on on Fox 2 in Detroit. Uh, There's a Facebook page where they put up full episodes of that as well. That'll do it again. Everybody have a great week. Give me your predictions too. Let's start talking about who's going to win this thing. Who do you think is in the best spot to win it? Tell me about it. All right, we'll talk to you later, everybody. Bye-bye. I am I'm here with, tell me your guys' names. Guy Montgomery, I want to spell, I want to pronounce these things right. Guy Montgomery, and he's joined by Tim Bat, which is me, this guy. Fantastic. And you're Tom. I'm Tom. <laughs> that works. Uh, so, yeah, we know. So, guys, you guys, uh, first of all, before we get even into anything, tell people, tell people watching this right now, who are you guys, what are you guys doing right now? What, what is the worst idea in the world thing? Like, what's, what, what's going on? Sure. First things first, Guy is playing with a uh, little porcelain thingy that's in my parents' house where we are at the moment in Wellington, New Zealand, uh, where neither of us live, but we're both doing a comedy festival currently. The reason we're talking to you, Tom, is because we did a podcast called The Worst Idea of All Time, uh, which is a review, movie review series, where we watch and review the same movie once a week, every week, for a year. Yeah, so uh, recently, mercifully, uh, we have retired the podcast, but for three, it was actually stretched over four grueling years, I think just with breaks and whatnot, we did, uh, first of all, we did Grown Ups 2, the Adam Sandler vehicle, starring all of Adam Sandler's various chums. Uh, And then for a year, probably the darkest year, we did Sex in the City 2, a two and a half hour monstrosity, produced, written and directed by Michael Patrick King. Uh, And then in our last season, we took a huge misstep in choosing We Are Your Friends, the indie attempted darling by uh, Maximum Joseph, led by Zac Efron, in which he tries to be a electronic music DJ in Los Angeles, California. Fantastic. As a, as a film guy, you, might fi- you may find this interesting, Tom. I can't remember the exact stat, but it is a world record holder for how much money it lost um, <laughs> across how many cinemas it was released in. Yeah, and it's a low-budget film, so, I mean, it's crazy to think that they <laughs> hold that insane. record. I'm sure you guys helped the, few, the little dollars that it did make. I'm sure uh, you guys had something Auxiliary. to do with that. That sell through Blu-ray market, it's a big, 
big old market. And of course, after we watch all of these movies over and over again, we encourage everyone to rent them or buy them legally so that they can also <laughs> enjoy the fruits of the respective filmmakers' labors. <laughs> now, th this concept sounds like something to me that, like, you know, you would come up with, uh, you know, drinking one night or just like messing around. Like, what what was the origin of this idea? And, and what <laughs> it's one thing to have an idea to do this; it's the next thing to commit to doing something like this. That's uh, right. Tell me about the origin. It, it's all about commitment. Uh, I remember after five weeks of Grown Ups 2, when no one was listening to anything we were doing, and rightfully so, we looked at each other and we said, this is pretty silly, isn't it? We should probably quit. But the belief was that if we watch Grown Ups 2 enough times, inevitably it will become interesting. Mm. And now, I mean, we're talking to a man in Detroit. That's right. Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. Detroit, I ain't never been there. Motor City. But the initial concept came about, Tim and I used to work together. We met on a television set. Uh, I hosted a late night show and Tim came on. He had a segment called The Lou Review where he would review public restrooms as a public service, <laughs> a public good, That's great if too. you will. And I, as the host of the show, before we went live, I said to Tim, so you know, for reference, this character, I'm really going to not like you. I'm going to treat you and your segment with disdain. And so it became this running gag where Tim had done a lot of research, he'd done a lot of work into his, his, uh, his chosen passion of reviewing public restrooms. And I was like, this is smut, this doesn't belong on our show. This is, uh, if I had it my way, this is, a pro this is above and beyond me, this is a programming error. It was a classic comedy dynamic, Tom. <laughs> a man trying his best and another man who sits above him just taking a massive dump from on high. Yeah. But then unfortunately the channel got uh, killed. In spite of that incredible content, <laughs> all the funding for the channel, it was a public broadcast station in New Zealand called TVNZU, got withdrawn. Uh, and that left Tim and I sort of with this great burgeoning comedy dynamic and relationship and no outlet. And Tim has a big background in radio. And I have a background of being fucking hilarious. <laughs> and so uh, we sort of put our heads together in the studio after I did a, an interview, I think, with you. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, I think I can't we remember. We came up with it on the street as Guy was leaving the building. I had him on a radio show on the weekend. And, uh, and we just came up with this stupid idea. And then we said, we'll do Grown Ups. And then I think it was you who said, it'd be funnier if we did Grown Ups too, instead of seeing the first <laughs> one at all. I was like, that's great. <laughs> and then guy was like, right, so when should we do this? It's like, come around tomorrow. We will record the first episode tomorrow. And we did, and we just didn't stop. We recorded it into a Yeti surrounded by egg cartons. The audio quality is, I mean, staggeringly poor. But, and also probably the what we talk about, is I mean, it's, we would have been finding our feet. It'd be a fun one to revisit. Yeah, I've never listened back to any of it. I, I watched the little promo video uh, you guys had a little promo video on your website of like it shows like how things have progressed like through through time or whatever, and it shows the very first podcast had zero downloads. Had you finished fifty two weeks of that and it would have been at zero downloads still, what would you guys have done with your lives? Um, <laughs> probably check that we had actually been sending it out to the internet instead of just sort of saving it in the wrong place. I I don't know. I reckon probably probably keep going if only to abide the ethos that. If we keep going, it will become interesting. If there's zero downloads after 52 episodes of something, that's usually not a sign that the content's no good. It's a sign that the market just hasn't caught up to the, <laughs> the idea market yet. market hasn't caught up to the idea yet. I, it's great. We, we knew what we were doing was, uh, you know, 
funny for us, for sure, and funny for our couple of mates. So I think yeah. we would have kept doing it regardless. Yeah. But luckily, some other people jumped on board as well. Yeah. So long as there is still marijuana in the world, people will listen to this podcast. There you go. Absolutely. Amen. Uh, so what, what's the prep? Okay, you, you just answered it a little bit. I was going to ask about the preparation for such a podcast. But uh, it, what exactly are you doing going into each week? Are you guys, are you guys obviously you're watching the movie, you're preparing something to say? How much of what you're doing is just kind of improving it on, on the spot? I think this is the brilliant thing we accidentally did with the format is that we've got the same setup every week obviously because we record immediately after we watch the episode so <laughs> that's good stuff every um every episode you are getting two individuals kind of at their worst having just seen this awful movie for the x amount of times so we've got the same kind of setup each time and it's always uniform and then we just get on the mics guy and i have never ever planned anything we were going to say it is core to the podcast we flick the microphones on some of the time guy won't even know that i've hit the record button and we're capturing the last bit of an off-mic conversation you know it is 100 percent made up yeah so you can take notes while you watch the film obviously but uh you know beyond that it's an immediate reaction so we'd always record straight as soon as the credits start rolling we get on the we we start talking and in terms of like week by week, the other challenge was because we have uh, conflicting schedules because we both work as freelancers, it's very difficult to carve out the time and it would become harder the longer we went, you know, the, the more our lives sort of took us to different places or time zones. So you wind up doing records where it would be, you know, 1am for one of us, it's 9am somewhere else, just various states of disrepair. I was talking to a friend yesterday uh, who's... Uh, who's part of Auntie Donna. They're a sketch group. They're also here. They're a very funny guy who I didn't even know listened to the podcast. And he was saying his favorite episode of a podcast, he didn't know what one it was, but it's an episode where Tim and I were so rude and mean to each other. Like it was two people who really obviously had a lot of love, but were not getting not getting along at all. It's like just to hear that, because how often are you exposed, you know, within any format or it's so rare to get to hear just like visceral dis- dislike for one another in an engaging or even vaguely interesting way. So I think that was the other thing is what we had access to were each other at our, at our lowest ebbs. And there was a almost psychological responsibility for the listener for us to poke and prod around each other's disgusting minds yeah. and see just how upset we could make each other. I think we both have a sense of humor that enjoys pissing the other one off so if someone's in a bad mood it is immensely fun for the other person to just have a poke at whatever's bugging them i completely disagree with tim (laughs) of course right uh you know that being said you know do you guys you know as people listened and watched the podcast they really got to know it became more about you guys and kind of unveiling more and more about you guys your guys selves and your state of minds and things like that uh what did you guys what was surprising you know this starts off as, as a funny concept you know and maybe uh as you named it the worst idea of all time but what did it become for you guys was this at the end of the first 52 weeks was it still the worst idea of all time were, were there some revealing things that came to you that you were uh you know surprised by Here's, here's what uh, got revealed for me, Tom. 
there's three movies you do not need to watch, and those <laughs> movies are Grown Ups 2, Sex in the City 2, and We Are Your Friends. You go ahead and miss them. Uh, They're no good. I think... It only took me three and a half years to figure that out, but of, I got there. At the end of the first year, I, it, we'd stumbled into something which was so much more... We had no concept of how popular it would become, so it was just so much more successful than we imagined. Uh, and that was kind of interesting just in... I'm just remembering it out loud now, but like, uh, you know, the idea that this torturous thing had become popular was sort of, there was some internal conflict there because it's like, well, yes, this is arduous, but also how do we temper the misery with actually quietly enjoying the fact that people are finally listening, you know, that people are listening to something we're doing. Right. But then uh, as with all success, you sort of adjust your, your playing, you adjust your relationship to it. And so then it was like, okay, well, by the time we were in sort of week three of Sex and City 2, we were already plumbing the depths of how low we could go, just in the knowledge that there were still, you know, 49 screenings to come. You would think that uh, millions of downloads of the podcast would bring us such joy, but then as soon as Carrie Bradshaw showed up for another week, all of that joy dissipated, <laughs> which is what the people want. They didn't want a happy guy in Tim. Sure. They wanted some miserable Kiwi boys. Yeah. And But the other thing, and when you say it became about us, the other thing I think that came out of it was uh, Tim and I were friendly, but we weren't really friends beforehand. Like We didn't know each other very well. Uh, and for better or worse, you know... Forged in the fires of hell, uh, we now have a pretty powerful friendship. Guy married me, for crying out loud. I was Tim's celebrant earlier this year. Amazing. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Look at the bling. Nice. Uh, so I want to ask you now, too. You know, I'm a movie critic myself. Yeah, nice. Uh, <laughs> I'm a film critic myself, and as I'm thinking of any movie... Is it healthy uh, to see any movie 52 times in a, in a year? Like if I went, if you guys were to do uh, The Godfather or Citizen Kane, I mean, are you going to end up at the same place? Can I say this? Obviously, the answer is no. Don't do it. Like, it doesn't matter how, how much you like. Any, if you have your favorite meal, you know, 52 times in a year, the me you won't care for the meal anymore. It's like, that, and I think that's part of it. It's this is like not good marriage advice, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's separate to marriage. But like, it's just, you don't, like it, the whole concept is like, you take something which should have barely have been watched once and you just smash it to bits by just going over and over and over again. Like, that's what made We Are Your Friends the most challenging season is because when you're watching it, you could see the care and effort that had gone into the movie. And like you felt, you felt it sort of was a reflection back on us. You, it was the first time I felt remotely bad for what we we're doing. Cause it's like these are people, some people really were invested in this going well. It's less fun to shit on something that has earnest, you know, there's earnest effort gone into. Grown Ups 2 and Sex and City, they were cash grabs. I don't give a fuck about all that. But like, Anything that has any level of passion or love in it, don't destroy it by doing this. <laughs> that said, I think there is some wisdom to tempering a film reviewer's opinion by like going maybe a couple of times just to adjust for the fact that maybe you were hungry or upset going into the cinema. It's always irked me that reviewers can put such a definite stamp on an experience they had and we get no access to the context. 
And if we average that out a little bit, maybe it would help some some reviewers. But there is no need to take that to the extremes of um, watching something 52 times. Maybe three. Maybe two. Uh, yeah. What's the movie you've seen the most? Uh, Jurassic Park, probably. And maybe nine times, you know, when I was a kid in the theater. Uh, Braveheart, I've seen like 20 times. That's Sorry, what was that last one, Tom? Uh, Braveheart. Do you still like it? I love Braveheart, but yeah, I check it out once every four years. You know what I mean? Like I, I could, like again, I couldn't imagine breaking down, uh, especially with a film critic mindset going into a film. You know, because we're trained to see film in a certain way. Uh, <laughs> to break it down every week like that, it just blows my mind. Uh, what what kind of people though listen to this podcast? What, what kind of people did you find yourself uh, being fans? A lot of or- stoners, Tom. I'm sorry. A lot of big weed fanatics, uh, people who smoke ganja, <laughs> the illicit drug marijuana. Also, we found actually over the course of doing, we had a lot of messages. A lot of our listeners were people. Uh, I don't know if the skews high in terms of actual volume, but certainly the people who were moved to write to us were people who were suffering anxiety or some other sort of uh, a sliding scale of mental uh, illness or going through some sort of hardship, but they took. It was really heartwarming to see. They took real comfort and solace in the notion of, you know, they'd say no matter what I was going through, I could always turn to two people who were going through something, I don't want to say worse, but, you know, like some sort of equivalent. There was always an outlet for them where it's like, well, there's always this to defer to. And it had, like a lot of people said it had quite a meditative effect, which is crazy. But I guess because we're imposing the torture on ourselves, it's permission to, like, take like revel in in the misery that we are we're experiencing and so we did get a lot of really lovely messages from people who said like i was going through a breakup or i've just moved to a new place uh and i i I took great comfort and company in the podcast i even had someone yesterday after my show uh a man who had purchased a t-shirt of the tattoo that i have as a result of the podcast which he was wearing at the show to identify that he was a big podcast fan and he came up afterwards and, uh, and and said, thank you so much. Like, I listened to it a lot while I was going through a hard time. Yeah, and we've had that message a lot. It's very heartwarming and unexpected, but really lovely. And apart from those people also, we get a lot of potheads, a lot of people who smoke a da herb. Or 20 blaze it film fans. <laughs> uh, do you guys find yourself, are, are you guys movie buffs, like, uh, going into this? Were you guys fans of movies? Was this meant Was this meant to have any kind of purpose with, like, parody, uh, to, to even maybe poke fun at, at people that listen and get obsessed with podcasts? You know, maybe as an experiment, you know, if people follow this, it just shows how obsessive people can get with anything. I've seen three movies in my life. They are, in order. <laughs> Grown Ups 2, Sex in the City 2, We Are Your Friends. I have nothing to hold these films against save for each other. I refuse to engage with any other cinema. This, uh, this project and also me reviewing the public restrooms, which was kind of the, uh, the, uh, the kickoff in some ways of all of this, they did come from a similar place, which is that I have a healthy amount of disdain for reviewers and reviewing as a concept um i just think uh there's a, certainly a good chunk of me that recognizes the importance of tastemakers and having people to navigate us through the very ocean of content we find ourselves surrounded by these days but 
by the same token, I just can't help but shake the feeling of it's like, ah, oh, come on, guys. All these fucking people poured their hearts and souls into this project. You go and see it once for 90 minutes in a cinema and take a big dump on it. It's a, it's a bit rough. So I've always um, uh, had that. As someone who likes to try and create things and is often fall short in making it good, um, yeah, there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a uh, you know shoulder punch to the reviewers in the room. Yeah, there's just me though. Guy loves reviewers. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really feel too strongly either way. Um, I, I do. I mean, I think, yeah, there is, there is something in repeated, repeatedly doing anything, right? Everything in moderation. So anytime you just willfully ignore that idea and punish yourself, it's some. I guess it's similar to what uh, supersize me or whatever that. Yeah. That, that McDonald's documentary where it's like, it's just, of course, this isn't what you're meant to do. So let's see what happens when you do it. The the title, though, I will say this, the worst idea of all time, that was me making fun of internet hyperbole. That whole language of like, you know, you see a really funny meme and you're like, I'm dead. It's all that shit. It's like, fine, I'm going to make this the biggest, most hyperbolic name ever. Very prescient because that's only become... I guess we've become more online in the years as well, but that all that language has only become more like by rote and prevalent now. I hate it. I this, hate it. I can't even. I did a thing. With Words my have human meaning, fingers. you guys. Words are important. We got to respect language. You know, if you go to "I'm dead," where do you go from there? It's the max. I'm reincarnated again. It's just you're constantly oscillating between being alive and dead. <laughs> I came back as a squirrel. That's how good this meme is. <laughs> uh, you, so you guys mentioned at the top of the podcast that you guys uh, recently retired this format, though. Uh, again, was the the drive for that just self-preservation? The fact that you would have to, yes. you would not be able to live through another film. Yeah, it, it was the the podcast was taking more from us than we could get out of it at this point. Like it was. Uh, who knows? If we hadn't done We Are Your Friends, if we'd done some other splashy, big-budget film, we might have uh, had the the energy to keep going. But by the end of that, we were just dragging this fucking carcass around behind us. I think, uh, if I may, yeah. as well, we kind of, at that stage, had enough momentum that, like, people will keep listening, and we've got super lovely fans who will just, you know, they'll keep listening. But Guy and I didn't want to outstay our welcome in a format we're we're both like you know we're creative people we're funny people we want to find new challenges and and new things to do and keep pushing ourselves in um new and bigger directions so we didn't want to rest on the laurel that we had created we wanted to um burn the laurel to the ground i don't know how big laurels are you see never seen one anything wrong with resting on a laurel (laughs) all the laurel people out there we don't want to offend of course exactly uh so I, I got to ask this too, just what was, what was, what goes into the process of choosing the films again? Like, were these just like, uh, um, I guess we, uh, we actually, we really toyed with the idea of doing sex in the city too for another year, which <laughs> potentially would have killed us. I mean, it got to the point where we were backstage at a live show for the end of season, season two. two. Yeah. And we had been brainstorming a short list of films that we thought would be a funny season three. And then I just said, look, whoever, 
Whoever says one of these movies first on stage when we get out there, that's the lock-in for season three. Like, there was very little care put into it. The the idea was it was as actively stupid, like, as actively stupid as possible, especially because uh, naturally, as the nature of the internet, by the time we were deep in season two and we had uh, sort of a handful of listeners, they would speculate as to the reasoning behind any... There's no purpose to any of this. It's oh, yeah. all willful stupidity and ignorance. And we, so to try and ascribe meaning to it, either in the moment or retrospectively, is ludicrous. The, the, the sole premise of the podcast is we're fucking idiots. Watch us be fucking idiots. Well, I know you guys said you don't like uh, reviewers and things like that, but uh, give each other uh, a little feedback on one another. Uh, you guys spent three full movies, three years with each other. Tell, tell the viewers something about the other person that maybe we don't know or that's something you might have found out about them. Tom, I want to preface this by saying I truly do respect reviewers and the reviewing profession and sure. pursuit. Okay. I mean, you know <laughs> ill will. Oh, yeah, of course it, just. There is a little part of me that, you know, lashes out sometimes. I actually agree with you on a lot of that. <coughs> well, we don't need any of that self-loathing here, Tom. <laughs> now, Guy Montgomery. Uh, what did I learn about him through my exposure week after week for four years? I learned that Guy Montgomery is a man of fine taste in film, fine taste in food, fine taste in friends, in uh, an early riser, which are all positive things, um, but on the negative side, or, or could improve, um, Guy Montgomery, not a ton of skills outside the core competency of being funny, you see. Uh, heck of a driver, can parallel park like anyone's business. you got to see this guy okay. put a car in a space. It's something, it's something. But once we drift outside of those two arenas, ooh, you know, he's very good at delegation. I'm, I'm good social grease too. I'm good for morale. Tim Bat is uh, very, a very driven man. He uh, he's got an he's got a real motor on him, you know. He he and he also keeps irregular sleep patterns, uh, but he is uh, beholden to his diet. If this guy's blood sugar gets low, he is genuinely the worst company you can fathom. He becomes like the most miserable prick who just lashes out, which I I kind of respect. Just unbridled truth to self. But uh, yeah, but weary. If he's upset, he's usually tired, or you need to give him a donut. <laughs> so uh, you guys are obviously onto other things. You guys got a lot other, uh, a lot of other things going on. I'm sure. Tell people where they can find you, where they can follow you, uh, where they can find the podcast. It's all that kind of stuff. Well, look, uh, the interesting, slightly complex situation. The first season of the podcast is in the hands of a podcast conglomerate uh how or airwolf in the states so um to listen to I the first it's called stitcher premium now oh stitcher premium yeah sorry they merged about a year ago <laughs> uh um so to listen to the first season of the worst idea of all time get in there the second season and third season are freely available we are still making stuff associated with worst idea on that stream we have a patreon where people can vote for what movie they want us to review and we'll watch it once or twice and give a review or in sometimes a, uh, a director's commentary where real 
run the movie back again and be the director and writer and give a track people can listen to while they watch. Yeah, and I saw that you, um, you've done such classic films as like Batman and Robin and uh, Baby Geniuses 2. Baby Geniuses 2, Super Babies, yeah. Super Geniuses. You guys yeah, like to jump right uh, into the sequel. Yeah. Not always, but often. Occasionally. Uh, Tim also runs a podcast network out of New Zealand featuring a stable of the funniest New Zealanders. It's called Little uh, Little Empire Podcast. So you might get along to that because there's a lot of good stuff on there. And most excitingly of all, Tim and I have just finished recording a new podcast together. Uh, this is fresh off the press, Tom. You're getting an exclusive yeah. before nice. anyone all right. else. You're, get, you're getting a scoop. Uh, When's this coming out, Tom? Because uh, that will dictate how much info you get. Uh, this will air in like six months. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, next week. Okay. Uh, well, it probably won't be live then, but... Uh, yeah, do, do the big announcement. Okay. Maybe it will. It's, uh, so the podcast, it takes a place in the same universe as Adam Sandler. It's uh, based on Rob Schneider's attempt to shake up the television uh, business model by self-producing, writing, starring, and directing, and funding his semi-autobiographical television show, Real Rob which he either sold or paid Netflix to broadcast on their website. Uh, we have, in shotgun fashion, we watched eight episodes, more or less, back-to-back, -back, uh, and it's a critical analysis of them. It's called uh, Undercooked and Overlooked, and we've got special guests uh, for each episode. It is, it's, it's just very silly fun, uh, and we'll release it as a bundle, so it'll be like one season, and then we'll do another season uh, at some point in the near future. That's awesome. That's just for you, Tom. That's your intel. I appreciate that. That is fantastic. Uh, so do you, are you guys big on social media? Do you guys do Twitter and all that kind of stuff? Huge. Oh, my God. You should see Guy Montgomery's Twitter presence. It'll, it'll make you go, I'm dead, with every post. Uh, it, he, you can find Guy at Guy underscore Mont. On Twitter, and, on Twitter and Instagram, and my website is guymontcomedy.com. Brilliant. Uh, I am Tim underscore Bat, so it's the same format each time. Easy to remember on Twitter, and then I think I'm TimBatNZ on Instagram. I don't have enough followers on there. I'd like to get you some more. you got to get that synchronicity going. Yeah, that's true. Same handle across both platforms. I, don't, I can't get – I've waited too long. They've been around too long. But you can go to my website, timbat.co.nz, because a plumber – uh, owns timbat.com, unfortunately. So I got the .co.nz and see my stuff there. Um, fucking plumbers. That's, that's where we live. Yeah, man, you said it. Fucking plumbers. <laughs> what what purpose do they serve? What? Why does he need a .com? Yeah. He's just a guy. We can all wash ourselves in rivers and shit in the woods. We don't need you plumbers. Yeah, and you don't need websites. Get in the yellow pages where you belong, you cretin. I once was at a, a Lions, uh, Detroit Lions football game tailgate, and there was the Porta John things there, you know, and they had the, a big bumper sticker on it that said toilets.com. No, no other description. <laughs> I didn't exactly know what people were supposed to do on this site or what, what the use was for, but apparently that's what they're trying to advertise. Well, I'm going to go on there right now because that is right in my interest <laughs> of bathrooms. Exactly. Oh, man. Well, guys, this was super duper cool. Um, I'm already big fans of yours just from talking to both of you. I wish you uh, all of the, the best, and I really appreciate your guys' time uh, to talk with me today. Thanks a lot, Tom. All the best to your listeners, watchers, and the sweet, sweet residents of Michigan.
And as a final note, I would highly recommend everyone get on toilets.com. This website <laughs> looks like it was built in 1998. It is tremendous. We've got animated GIFs. We've got weird drop-down boxes. We've got non-optimized homepages that don't correctly resolve on a mobile. We've got perhaps a flash plugin needed. Just the, uh, astounding. Nobody ever expected that they would go to the site, so I don't think they put the proper time into it. But I don't think so. But Tom, uh, and wait well, for your URL wait till like your toilets.com. Wait till this airs on Movie Show Plus, man, for your Instagram numbers to just go through the roof. Through the goddamn roof. We look forward to it. All right, thank guys. you, Tom. Hey, thanks thank a lot you. again. Take care. See ya.